Good afternoon. I'm Susan Solomon, Chair of the Board Facilities Master Planning and Oversight Committee meeting, and I call this meeting to order. Could we have roll call, please? Chair Solomon? Present. Trustee Chung? Present. Trustee Wong? Here. Student Trustee Brandt? Present. You do have quorum. Thank you. We will start with the land acknowledgement statement. We acknowledge that we are on the unceded ancestral homeland of the Ramaytushaloni, who are the original inhabitants of the San Francisco Peninsula. As the indigenous stewards of this land and in accordance with their traditions, the Ramaytushaloni have never ceded, lost, nor forgotten their responsibilities as the caretakers of this place, as well as for all peoples who reside in their traditional territory. As guests, we recognize that we benefit from living and working on their traditional homeland. We wish to pay our respects by acknowledging the ancestors, elders, and relatives of the Ramaytush community and by affirming their sovereign rights as First Peoples. We will begin um, if there is public comment for items on the agenda. That is what we'll do next. For items not on the agenda, um, first is Christine Hansen. Thank you. Linda, I do not see Christine on right now. Um, Madeline Mueller. Let me get this. Um, this is not on the agenda because I'm sure it will be on a future agenda. Uh, something that came up on the facilities committee meeting that was two weeks ago, I believe, the college facilities committee. And um, this is a draft, so-called draft proposal from uh, SFMTA doing considerable changes uh, on Frida Kahlo Way and fairly quickly. So I'm assuming both committees will act quickly to look over this. I sent you all an email this morning uh, with an attachment of the draft proposals. And, and I, I hope that you all read this in a great, a great deal of detail. There, there may be some good things here, but some of it we've talked about at the college for decades. And, and I think we should have more input for something as important as Frida Kahlo Way, which is a public street, but it's also the center of, of, of a campus. And I think this report that I've sent to the board today on email, um, perhaps overemphasizes the public aspect and underemphasizes what's best for students at City College in the thousands, and uh, that needs to be brought into the into the discussion. So I'm just here to say, you know, <laughs> and I know some of you have because I've gotten the response that I'm looking forward to your next committee meeting and more detail on this issue that's going to be terribly important for how students get to City College uh, safely and in the proper numbers. Thank you. Abigail Bornstein. We are facilities rich. These are incredibly important assets for us. I would like to see a plan on how each facility, our assets, generates revenue 
or cuts down on our expenses. We do not have a proactive plan that uses our vital assets to their fullest to aid with our budgeting issues. Facilities are part of our structural issues. We do not address this head on. Are these buildings being used to the most productive economical way that lets us take advantage of either revenue generation or expense control? I ask this since more and more of our budget is shifting away from classroom instruction to the financing our facilities and the various support around the facilities. To my understanding, each year the state makes money available for issues pertaining to facilities, but either we do not take advantage of that by not applying or our applications are not successful. We need to leverage these assets. This is a big part of our structural problem. Full-time faculty are tired of shouldering the structural issues in the form of being the only employee group at CCSF without competitive wages. This cannot continue this way and has to be addressed immediately this fiscal year. Our facilities, our assets play a role in this. Thank you. Christine Hansen. Hello? Hello? I can hear you, Christine. Uh, I'm hoping you can hear me. Um, <clears throat> I'm hoping you can hear me. Uh, yes, we I can submitted... hear you, Ms. Hansen. Okay. Um, I submitted my application for reappointment to the CBOC last May as instructed. It appears, though, that as not, it has not yet been forwarded to the board for approval. Though we did have some CBOC members who chose not to continue on, I believe other former members may have also submitted applications for reappointment as well. This delay in action concerns me greatly since the district is literally without a CBOC for the 2020 bond and remaining 2005 bond funds. And this puts the school out of compliance with the legislative requirement of having an oversight committee. In the past, reappointments have gone from the administration to the full board through this committee. So that's why I'm right, I'm speaking to you now. Your board policy regarding CBOC reappointment says, after appointment to a two-year term, CBOC members who wish to be appointed for a second two-year two-year term shall reapply to the board for consideration. Um, our scheduled CBOC meeting dates for June and October were canceled, and even if we are still searching for mem more members, it makes sense to keep things moving if there is a potential quorum. Could you please make inquiries? The ultimate responsibility for having a CBOC for the bond funds does rest with the board. Thank you. Terry Bernstein. Thank you. Uh, let me just point out that Christine Hansen is a very experienced, hardworking, and invaluable member of that committee. She brings to the CBOC items that they sometimes ignore, and that serves the college well. So please uh, follow up on that. Um, just want to say I was approaching the building for this budget for the budget meeting. Uh, just over there, and a pickup truck crossed in front of me without stopping. Why didn't he stop? I knew of the stop. This is like right outside the, the door here. I knew that there was a stop there marked on the pavement. If you go south, it's visible. 
it's virtually gone going north. So why should he stop? Um, uh, this is only an anecdote, but months ago during the winter storms, uh, I realized while driving, I was finding it very difficult to see those markings. And then I brought it up at one of these meetings and the head of facilities said that that is being put on the their agenda of tasks to do. It's not been done yet. This is a safety concern and should concern all of you. It's a facilities issue. And I can't imagine, I can imagine why it wasn't done, but I, uh, there should be some kind of backstop so that urgent uh, facility and safety issues are addressed and followed through. Uh, you know, find out what happened with that. When, where that is, is that on the, I know there's lots of facilities items and there's heat and there's, um, you know, number of fans and, and air quality, but uh, you don't want people run over because there's no marking. That's simple stuff. That concludes public comment for items not on the agenda. Thank you. Uh, we will next be um, discussing approval of the minutes of the June 8th meeting. Michelle, are there any, um, is there any public comment on the minutes? No, there is not. Thank you. That I would entertain a motion for approval of the minutes of the June 8th uh, committee meeting. I move that we approve the June 8th, 2023 um, Board of Trustees, Facilities, Master Planning, and Oversight Committee minute, meeting minutes. I second that motion. Thank you. Is there any discussion? Seeing none, we'll move to a vote. Student Trustee Brandt, advisory vote. Aye. Chair Solomon. Aye. Trustee Chung. Aye. Trustee Wong? Yes. The motion passes. Thank you. We're now going to move to reports and discussion. And the uh, first report on our agenda is the Diego Rivera design development update with Associate Vice Chancellor Alberto Vasquez. Great. Thank you. Um, so this was an item that was on the June uh, 8th meeting, but there was a time, ran out of time, so the date is still posted as June 22nd. Mm -hmm. um, so just kind of orient, orienting you to the site, the DRT new building will be in between the current building we are in the MUB and the new building that's under construction to the north of us, which is the STEAM building. And go to the next slide. Um, th there was a similar presentation in February, January, February, uh, with the um, a previous design milestone. This is the design development milestone. And there have been some changes uh, or just some upgrades to the details. In this example, we've uh, on the site plan, would you be able to zoom it up a, a little bit more, Grace? I'm sorry, zoom out, but, but include the whole slide. I'm sorry. Thank you. Um, and what's occurred in some of these, some of the minor changes from the last uh, design milestone and this milestone, is the uh, the involvement of the of the trash enclosure area. So the that's the new little area right behind that says trash enclosure. Um, that area, working with our recycling team, is going to provide service to both the existing MUB building um, and the new building. Um, 
uh, steam. So it, but it's on the timeline of building the Diego Rivera Theater. So right now there will be in the future a temporary location north of the steam building. But once it's all done, that trash enclosure location will be used for sorting and helping with our ecology uh, numbers and calculations for, for dispersing and separating the, the different trash types that are here at the college. And so that's a, that's one of the differences from the last plan to this plan on the major site plan. You could go to the next slide. To the first floor, it skipped the slide. Okay. Oops, I've provided one that had a marking on it. Um, so apologize. So this is the first floor plan. Um, one of the, the key items will, that show up here, obviously, is the, the auditorium space. Um, it has a full backstage uh, and also back of house access for performances to come in and out, uh, including uh, convenient access to the scene shop where they got to build the prop areas and be able to slide them through. Um, the main seating area, sorry, in front of the auditorium is an orchestra pit, along with the uh, seating in the main lobby. Um, there's also a balcony that'll show up on the next plan. And on the first floor, the, the mural hall is, is there as well. That's going to house the Diego Rivera mural. Um, the other key spaces that continue to evolve um, and with, without any major changes is the large rehearsal, the choral recital, and the studio theater which is also can be identified as a black box theater um, for their unique performance and setup spaces. Um, I think that's pretty much this very similar, but it just keeps evolving the more details, more, more details. Uh, next floor, here's the example of where the, you can see the reference to the balcony seating in the auditorium. Um, this floor space is a little bit smaller than the other levels because of the other adjacent rooms of the mural core recital in the uh, rehearsal and the black box are high in their height and volume is higher. So they go up to the second floor, thus the second floor footprint is a little smaller. And as it's shown, it shows the a music classroom, the instrument checkout, and also kind of a positive room was a, which has a lot of the historical information regarding the Diego Rivera mural as kind of a archive location as well, and some offices. Uh, next floor, please. Thank you, Grace. Um, so here you see more of the footprint of the building. Um, there's still a high volume with auditorium and the mural location. Um, but here we have the uh, music offices along with music practice rooms. Um, there's also electronic music in the space in some of our behind the house mechanical rooms. Um, the instrument small assemble is, is kind of, it, well, it's, it's there, but it also has adjacent um, a recording and BEMA space that's kind of there's going to be a centralized system so they can connect to the uh, creative arts uh, building to make sure that the any transmission of any events that need to occur will kind of be centralized in that location and it'll be able to pick up the feeds from any of the any and all of the rooms that have performances as they're set up. So that's pretty much the an update to that. If you go there's more the same, you know, you know, the expectation of the building, that's kind of the, the same similar image um, of the, what you'll be able to see in the evening uh, with the mural there. The next slide, please. And then here's the mural, um, more of a daytime. And in this example, you also get to see part of the steam building in the back. 
So any questions? If I may, just I, think, yes. thank you, Chair Solomon. I just wanted to ask, um, I guess, is there a sort of a calendar for hosting press releases for the different stages that our Diego Rivera um, theater is being built? I just think, um, you know, I, I think the way that um, until, so we've talked about this, right, the necessity for um, the state and even the federal government perhaps to to really support um, funding to renew our incredibly old buildings across public institutions. Um, but until then, I think, um, as we have historically seen, we've had to go, on, go back to the voters um, for for support um, in supporting our ongoing projects. And so I guess I'm, I'm trying to understand if there's a timeline in which we can, I know, right, we celebrate when we break ground, but uh, this the new cycle moves quickly. And I'm just hopeful that we can consistently have a means to to celebrate milestones, right? And to remind the voters that this is an incredible building, and um, and also kind of give them a sense of the timeline it takes to to do this degree of construction. Uh, the it's not typical to during the design phase make the announcements as you just described, but the, you you are correct that the groundbreaking are the major milestone pieces. Um, and, you know, just as an example with the steam building milestone for the groundbreaking, and then it starts to rise out of the ground. And that's the what the community sees in, you know, whether it's not just the college community, but the San Francisco community as well. If I may, Trustee Chung, and I think that's a really important question, because uh, as uh, we get closer to submitting the plans to DSA, we will then have uh, final rendering drawings. And I think those are critical in seeking uh, alternative funding sources or fundraising, uh, because as we reach out to different entities, it's very hard uh, to solicit donations when we don't have something tangible to show them. And I think once we have these final drawings, we can put together a comprehensive uh, campaign to not only raise private funds, uh, but also generate a lot of interest. And it would be wonderful, uh, in my opinion, to blow up a uh, large rendering and have it on a, a sign out in the parking lot saying future home of the Performing Arts and Education Center to start generating that buzz. I love that idea, Trustee Chung. Thank you. Any just want to thank you for the report. Each and every update to, to building is very exciting. Just seeing seeing things to develop. That's all I have. Is there any public comment on this? And I'm going to ask your indulgence for us to backtrack. Uh, I overlooked calling Mike McCarthy on items not on the agenda, so we're going to call him now. So that, now that's fine. On to sure. Thank Thanks, Ms. Shaw. Sean, thank you. Linda, Michael is not unmuting right now. 
Right. Let's. Uh, oh, I, I'm. I'm sorry. I didn't see. I had to do that. That. I apologize for that. Can you guys. Go ahead. I'm sorry. I was rambling on without you know, knowing. Um. Anyway. Uh. I'm calling on. We have some neighbors around John Adams along Ashbury and Grove. Um. We've seen an increase in people living in tents along Grove and Ashbury, um, which we've always had periodically. Uh, this group seems more permanent, and people are noticing activities that are you know disruptive to the neighborhood. Uh, people setting fires, you know, working on motorcycles late at night, um, sort of actions that you know we wouldn't really tolerate for our traditional neighbors. Um, what I'm asking for and we're asking is if City College could be a bit more of an engaged neighbor, uh, specifically the trees along between Ashbury and Masonic on Grove are very much in need of being uh, cut back. If you could work perhaps with DBW, we've all created tickets. Also the sidewalk along that same way is pretty damaged. Um, so, you know, all we're asking for is can you, if you could please sort of, you know, initiate getting those trees trimmed um, along Grove and Ashbury and Masonic. Um, that's it. Thank you. And thanks for all your great work uh, keeping City College going. Madeline Mueller. Well, you know, I have to make a comment about these gorgeous pictures. Makes my heart go pitter pitter. Um, if we, when, not if anymore, when we finally, after I started, I, I've been going through my house looking at all my old papers about the Performing Arts Education Center and the the DRT. Um, I haven't counted, but I think I have 20 banker boxes full of paper trails of all the plans for this building going back to when the college started. This was a complex of center performing arts center promise to our students we are an incomplete campus i have data on all the other auditoriums in town all the grade schools all the middle schools all the high schools all the other colleges in the state we are very lacking very lacking in having a complete campus and having a facility like this which is a money maker and i yeah abigail um a very similar plan because they took our plan uh, in 2012 and built the um, Vice Harris Center, um, brings in, I think the last data I had from them, it was a three-year data of $45 million, divide by three. Um, I think we could certainly do that as well, because the building is a gem. It, it'll be gorgeous, absolutely gorgeous, and it will be a moneymaker, and it will be really, it will give so many of our talented students, you have no idea how, how amazingly talented, well, maybe you do, live in San Francisco, we have so many excellent performers and fantastic young, older musicians. They deserve this, of all the, all the location in the world. San Francisco deserves this. So the public has really come forth. It's all public money this time. Um, and, and unfortunately, many people come up to me because they think the STEAM building is the PAC building. And I say, no, soon, soon, because the STEAM building is going to be wonderful, be a great partner. We'll have the art department right next to us. And that's just super. So I can hardly wait. Hi, can you hear me? Yes, go ahead. Yes. Okay. Uh, 
So it is great that you finally get to see the plans, the general design for the PAKE and the Diego Rivera Theater. I feel like I've been waiting half a lifetime, and fortunately, it's been a long lifetime for the college to have a complete campus with this promised facility. It's extremely important that these plans are finalized and move forward as soon as possible to the CCSF board for approval and for submission to the state architect. This project will be severely impacted if, it is, if construction does not start before development on the lower reservoir begins. Um, we're so close, I'm so excited, and uh, thank you for helping to move this forward as soon as possible. That's my comment. Harry Bernstein. Yes, thank you. Uh, so it's really good that the college is getting closer to submitting to the Department of State Architect, the Diego Rivera Theater, the, the uh, nicely illustrated uh, building that we've been waiting for so long. It's also been known as the Performing Arts Education Center. Um, perhaps it was a year ago that a member of this same committee floated the notion that the name of the building should be changed to reflect that this in, is indeed a performing arts center that will have house the music and theater arts department. This is not to disrespect the uh, featured, the, the, that second feature, which is the historic uh, Diego Vera mural. Um, but I don't think it takes away anything from that to refer to it as a building for the arts. So I hope you'll uh, come up with a discussion of that. Uh, it was, and just to tie in one other discussion that came up before, the um, transit proposal from the SFMTA that would remove all of the um, parking on the other side of the street and uh, make it probably much more difficult for the many people who would eventually be coming by to see the mural. You know, those who have a chance to stop and go into the building when it's built, that's one thing, but it will be an attraction just in and of itself. So we shouldn't, that's another reason for uh, pursuing that uh, issue, the, at least delaying the uh, SFMTA because the way they see it, it's a quick build. They're going to just do it in January, and that's it. So uh, that shouldn't be allowed. Protect the college. Michael Adams. Thank you. Hello, everyone. Uh, just a uh, more of a question, I guess. Um, is there consideration being given to the impact of lost parking in a, in a planning uh, stage? We were losing parking to the STEM steam building. Well, I don't hear much conversation about a remedy for that. We're going to be losing parking to the beautiful Performing Arts Education Center. 
don't hear much conversation about the fallout from losing those parking places. So um, it, it would be great to know that there's some contingency planning going on with with the, the development. Uh, we're hearing about Frida Callaway reducing parking spots. There's a, a myth that underground parking is is unsuitable, especially for a, a, a theater auditorium. And if you go to Japantown and just go into that underground parking, that's it's sound resilient or soundproof. The theater above, uh, here's no traffic underneath that parking. And this, this may be a late wish being expressed, but uh, someone has denied the possibility in this modern age of construction uh, science that a quiet building can be built over parking. Uh, I, I, we don't know what's going to happen in the next couple of years. The, the last thing I would like to suggest is, is there a plan for doing the education that the PAC will be providing in the interim, in the three years that it's going to take to to complete this, are there relationships with other other places that can serve the students? Thank you. That concludes public comment for this item. Thank you. Thanks for those who have engaged in public comment tonight. Um, our next item on the agenda is uh, the bond list revision report. And. Please, please insist Vice Chancellor. Thank you. Um, sorry, would you be able to open the attachment? Thank you. So, so this is just a, an update. Um, in December of 22, there was a the most recent bondless revision. And the, one of the questions that came up was the prioritization of the projects. Um, and we kind of have them in order here where the Diego Rivera Theater mural is a high priority, but there were some challenges in the first uh, couple of years after the bond passed, but it's now on, on track. Um, so this was just kind of a summary of some of the different uh, changes that have been made to the different projects and budgets, uh, which is approved by the board. It's um, items. But if you want to scroll down, um, thank you. You can see all the different projects that were and these are all named projects that were part of what the San Francisco voters voted for. And these were the items listed in there, uh, in that list as well. Um, on the next page, there's uh, uh, some of the center locations as well and some of the impacts, uh, the Evan Center and other district-wide items. It also includes the IIT, uh, some project contingency and also a programmatic uh, admin costs. Are there questions from fellow trustees? Yes, Trustee Chisty. Thank you, Chair Solomon. Um, could you just uh, please refresh my memory on um, the DW001, 002, and just kind of that, um, what does other center renovations mean? So so other center, so we, we have, um, other than those that are identified as the Evans Center, um, I think if you scroll up, we also, it, it's to do projects I'm trying to see if they're not listed, um, but Eddy Street is a center. Sorry, Eddy Street is a center. 
it also allows for us to do projects um, at the John Adams Center. So any other centers, while their scope hadn't been identified, there is projects that we could do there. We could also do the bondless revision, move some of the, the monies, either increase as the example of the other projects. If you scroll back up a little bit, I'm sorry, Grace. Um, you can see the, the red notation there means that there was a reduction in OC005 um, and where the uh, funds were transferred to. And so part of this, this document is that it'll show the any changes in where the impacted changes went to. Um, it also adds, it, it goes, uh, it shows the, the, the red negative where it was reduced. And then if you scroll up, you'll see that where it was moved to would be the Diguidiveta mural with a, with a highlighted green number. If you scroll up a little bit more, you'll see, and then that's where the information goes. So it's kind of memorializes the decisions that have been made in the past. Um, and this was uh, the most recent one that was done in December of 2022. So the 17.4 is still, it's still sitting in, yeah, it's not the, supplementing anything, but it could potentially supplement or. That, that is correct. This is the physical budget list that we have. And when there is a change or needs uh, changes recommended, it would come to the board. We're not, I'm not able to do it. So it comes to the board of trustees for a final approval. And how does that differ from the um, program contingency funds? Uh, very same, same, same thing. We scroll down any money that's, uh, that's in the approved budget. That's the approved budget. If any large, when it needs to get moved in, right. If you, I think it's on the next page. Um, so the program contingency, there was that 20, million that was transferred out. So it went from 48 to 27. And that 20 was part of the addition to uh, the Diego Rivera Theater on OCC1 or 01. And is there a baseline that you're keeping for program contingency? Yes, it, it was the 48,000, <laughs> 48 million that, that was. So we're trying to keep the current balance there as our projects continue to move forward as our larger projects, STEAM and student success get completed and we don't you know, need to tap into it, then we can, that percentage increases, well, stays the, the amount stays the same, but the percentage of dollars left, it increases up. So we'll have, we'll, we'll, our percentage will jump up a little bit even though the dollar does not, right? It's just kind of a math game where Right now, it's less than 5%, but when the completed projects are completed, mm -hmm. we're down to $400 million That it, It's just kind of, we don't want to dip too low because we don't know what the contingency could be, right? Our, our right. fear is, is running out of money on any of our projects, and this is kind of a, a standard placeholder for us right now. I see. Okay. And um, I'm sorry, one last question, if that's okay, Chair Solomon. Um, the... IT infrastructure for the 9.2 million. What is that for again? So, so um, it's on the second page. Mm -hmm. Sorry. Yeah, it's all. I'm all on district. Um, no. So, so I feel, I feel IT infrastructure. Um, the bonds are allowed to uh, for them to have a list of items associated with IT infrastructure as well, and uh, to support some of the college campus items. That uh, they have kind of a specific list of items that were identified as part of that. And they're still trying to work through to procure some of those items and identify them so we, they can be procured, purchased, and, and or installed. They vary from, you know, equipment that needs, that can be in the buildings 
uh, you know, it's got a variety of different potential uses that's in the bond language. Right. Um, I, I think, um, I think the thing that I'm struggling a little bit with the IT or I'm just kind of like throwing this out and mulling this over is that we have a lot of IT related needs now. Um, and I don't know how, as we begin, you know, just mapping things out, how we can tap into some of these funds to see if there's some immediate needs that can be addressed. I understand that as we expand and projects are built, uh, that there's going to be IT needs there. Um, so I'm just kind of, you know, putting that idea out there and proposing this um, for something for consideration. We've been working with the IT department with Ellen Reyes and her team to understand what they can procure. There are limited limitations to what they can spend on. It's not a U-fund category. Mm-hmm. There are specific items uh, with restrictions within the bond world that they could only procure with. I, I guess I'd be curious to know what we could push and okay. what level we could push sure. given our immediate needs. Thank you. Sorry, did you want to say something, Chancellor Martin? You look like you're yeah, well, And uh, just to uh, reiterate some of the comments that ABC Vasquez ma- uh, made was that uh, that IT infrastructure, uh, as uh, Trustee Chesty mentioned, a lot of that is intended to uh, put new technology in the new buildings uh, when they are built. Uh, additionally, one of the other uh, comments that I, I wanted to make is that as uh, we stand here uh, this evening and look at the allocation, uh, our full bond is allocated, as you can see. Uh, we are, uh, based on some of the public comments with the Performing Arts and Education Center, uh, doing preliminary designs for a parking structure, which uh, is in the tune of $35 million. Uh, so there may be a point uh, here in the next year or two where we have to take a look at these existing allocations and uh, build in $35 million for a parking structure. Uh, if we don't want to uh, lose 1,800 or so spots. So I think that's an additional consideration that uh, will certainly impact uh, some of these projects. And the last uh, point that I wanted to make in respects to the program contingency, uh, many, uh, or excuse me, some of these projects have locked in prices, uh, but many of them uh, considering, uh, including the uh, science hall renovation, uh, the cloud hall renovation, uh, the Evans Center renovation, uh, those don't have locked-in prices. So as we wait for uh, construction in the coming years, there will be construction inflation. Uh, so that construction inflation, if it exceeds the existing budget that we have here today, uh, those program contingency funds are going to be critical uh, for us to meet the needs of the project, but do so 10 years down the line from when the budgets were initially developed. Thank you for that. I, I believe you have touched on a question that I had, Chancellor Martin, but I want to make sure I understand um, is there anything we, it looks to me, if I'm reading this correctly, that funds are being reallocated from, for example, the science hall renovation, cloud hall, creative arts extension to Diego Rivera mural. So how do, how are we going to make sure we're not, um, robbing Peter to pay Paul, I guess, that we're going to have the funds that we need for these other construction work projects? That's a wonderful question, Chair Solomon, and I don't know if I have uh, a definitive or direct response uh, at this time. 
uh, as we look at the last several years and maybe taking a step backwards, construction inflation during the pandemic was at an unprecedented high. Uh, you see uh, in front of you that we did make the difficult decision to uh, pause the Creative Arts Extension project. There were reasons for that. Uh, but as we sit here today, that project is no longer a funded project with this current bond. Uh, so as we look at future iterations of funding sources, uh, whether it's local bonds or statewide bonds, uh, making sure that we don't lose track of these projects and maybe prioritizing them in a future uh, funding iteration, I think would be in our best interest. Uh, but it's very difficult to sit here today and say the $845 million that we have now uh, will fully cover the full completion of all of these projects over the next 15 years. That's a promise I don't think anybody uh, could make, uh, but the more efficient we are with our construction uh, and the more efficient we are with our designs to limit change orders uh, and unnecessary costs during construction, uh, the better chance we'll have to make this whole list uh, feasible. I wasn't sure. I think you wanted to speak and then Trustee Chung. Are there any scenarios in which after inflation or if we run out of money for certain projects where you've seen um, colleges or this college have to abandon uh, certain projects as a result of inflation or other factors? Yes, that it. Yes, uh, it is uh, not uncommon for original project list to not make it all the way down by the time the end of the bond funds are expended. A uh, great example that we have here locally is I believe the Performing Arts and Education Center has been on three ballots. Uh, so the voters have approved that project three different times, and we are still uh, waiting to get that constructed. Uh, so as we get closer uh, to the end of this bond's life in 10 years, uh, any projects that don't seem feasible at that time, uh, I would make the recommendation that we include those projects on a subsequent iteration of a bond. And follow up to that question, are, are there legal repercussions to, so say if we, if we advertise on one bond measure that we're going to use money to support something and then we end up not doing it, could, could, I don't know if it's a political question or a legal question. If uh, the public says, oh, this was promised when, when folks were campaigning or it's on the, the ballot statement and then now the the college didn't move forward with whatever project. Uh, certainly, and I think, uh, and we will definitely check with bond council to confirm this response, but uh, as long as the district uh, has done their fiduciary responsibility and has been transparent with the cost of the buildings, uh, we don't face any legal risk if at the end of the bond project simply don't get done because of inflation, uh, timelines, uh, feasibility. Uh, but where we could run into trouble, and we certainly uh, will not get there, but where districts have run into trouble is where a certain set of projects are marketed and voted on by the voters, and then those projects change to different projects over the life of the bond. Uh, and then ultimately the bond funds end up building something that was not uh, originally included or intended on that first ballot. And that's something that we will certainly not do, but that is where uh, we would get into legal trouble. Thank you. Dr. Martin answered the question. I think I was going to actually quote our former trustee Rizzo um, with this regard is that um, the sense that 
these projects i mean anyone who's who's um in in their own private time has been involved in um any degree of construction and probably abc vasquez can can um atone can can really speak to this but um projects tend to go um over budget um for a variety of reasons right and um and that is very common and as we have circled back to the voters in 2020 for additional funding, um, bond funding, I think um, our ability to remain transparent and um, and stick to the bond projects that we have promised to the voters um, is yeah is is really the pathway to forward because that's yeah there's I think it's incredibly difficult um, to to say that any 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 time I think a ballot measure um, regarding bond projects comes before voters, I think it's very difficult to say to them that, um, or I think it would be very dishonest um, to say that these will absolutely be completed within this amount of money that is allocated because um, just the nature of, of construction. Um, but yeah, thank, thank you, Dr. Martin. Um, do I hear a motion that this is um, is an action item? Oh, no, sorry, it's not. It is a report. I skipped. I'm kind of relieved about that. <laughs> the act right now. Um, so let's, uh, was there any public comment on this item? Thank you, Michelle. Uh, the next item is an action item, just to authorize the award of a contract with Rutherford and Chikani for geotechnical services for the Student Success Center. So is that you, ABC? Uh, yeah, yes, correct. So um, Rutherford and Chikani are the geotech uh, company that's doing the work and part of the one of the Department of State Architecture requirement is to they need to do the testing for the soils as the you know ground level coming up from the the soils and the the foundations and the systems there and the site work. So that's what this is. This is their they have a proposal for seventy thousand for to do the uh, testing of their work uh, from the contractor. So that's what that uh, this one item is about. Thank you. Uh, any questions or comments from trustees? Do I hear a motion? I move that we approve this item. Second. Thank you. Any further discussion? Seeing none, we'll move to a vote. Ms. Shaw? Aye. 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 Yes. Thank you. The next and final action item is the authorization to final, excuse me, final notice of completion on two items okay um so this this item i think has appeared almost if not monthly every other month of the last uh, year or so um part of the requirement for any public contracts is we also need to issue file with the city a notice of completion um for and so as we complete projects and we get them through the process and, and close them out um in order to stop any liens or any claims against the district we file a notice of completion um, so this is an example, but we just have to get the board approval so we can submit it to the uh, uh, to file it at the office at the, the city and county of San Francisco. Comments? Any public comment on this sign? 
Thank you. We will move. To, do I hear a motion? I move that we approve this item. A second. Thank you. We will now move to vote. Aye. Chair Solomon. Aye. Trustee Chung. Aye. Trustee Wong. Yes. Motion passes. And uh, to clarify, that was on both, I assume, that motion. Any objection to that? Okay, so that was for both uh, notices of completion. We are now on to future agenda items. <clears throat> As you could probably guess from earlier conversations, we will be discussing the SFMTA plan for free to call away, hopefully at our very next meeting. Are there any other recommendations for future agenda items for this committee? Trustee Chung. Uh, I know we've brought it up before, but perhaps it's worthwhile to bring it to um, the public's attention again to, uh, is where we revisit the potential spaces for parking and replacement just to, just to reassure the community. Seeing no further raised hands or comments, is there a motion to adjourn? I move that we adjourn. Second. No objection. Uh, let's take a roll call vote, please. Student Trustee Brand advisory vote. Aye. Chair Solomon. Aye. Trustee Chung. Aye. Trustee Wong. Aye. We are adjourned. Thank you. <laughs>